Do you need help protecting your finances as you enter retirement? David Dickens of KC Financial Advisors has got you covered. Welcome to the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. It's another edition of the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. Walter Storholt here with David Dickens, President, Wealth Advisor at KC Financial Advisors, based in Overland Park, but you can find him from anywhere at CoverYourAssetsKC.com. Can't wait for today's show. We're going to be talking about the five things that affect your credit score. Now, David, I'll be honest, I kind of really only think about my credit score when I'm thinking about buying a house or maybe a car or something like that. Then all of a sudden you start caring about your credit score again, and then... Once that process is over, I, you're just like, oh, good. I don't have to stress about that anymore. <laughs> um, but this is nonetheless an interesting conversation to kind of just learn a little bit more about because we live in this world where you got to kind of you got to play the game, right? Exactly, and it's and it's easy to raise keep your credit score high and raise it over time, but it's kind of hard to raise it quickly. And so these are the the things that make your credit score better are the things that we talk about a lot on this podcast as to as relates to how do you achieve financial success for yourself. So if you have a high credit score, you're probably doing things pretty right in order to, you know, to get to where you're trying to get to financially. So I thought this would be helpful. Hopefully it's interesting. If it's not interesting to you as a listener, there may be somebody in your life who who would find this to be helpful and these podcasts are pretty easy to forward on to somebody. So hopefully, either for you or for somebody else, this is going to be an interesting 15 minutes or so. And um, so we'll see We'll see how it goes. Well, you bring up a great point. Probably a pretty diverse listenership to this particular episode because uh, you could still be interested in the credit score conversation as an older adult, especially if you're maybe going to need to buy a house as you get closer to retirement. And maybe you might have to take out a small mortgage or something like that um, to to accomplish that. Uh, credit score conversation will come back up in your life. And if you're younger, this is definitely something that's interesting for you because credit score is used for a lot of things in the world. So let's maybe start there, David, since we know we're going to have a broad listenership here. Let's just get back to basics a little bit and let's define a credit its score? Why is it so important? Why does the world revolve around that metric a little bit? Okay. So credit score, it, it, most people refer to it as a FICO score, and that's just an acronym for the company that produces your credit score. FICO is an acronym for Fair Isaac Corporation. And so when you talk about a, a credit score, you almost always just loosely refer to it as a FICO score. And it's a scoring of your financial life based on publicly and privately available information about how you use money. It's a three-digit number. It goes from 300 to 850. I'm pretty sure the bottom is 300, but the top is 850. That's the best credit score you can get. And if you are above, say, 700 and... Well, the average credit score in 2022 in America was 714. Okay, And so um, the, the way it runs, the way that it gets categorized by people who may be looking to lend you money, whether that's a new car, a new house, maybe it's a big old TV that you want and, and you're going to buy it on credit. And the first thing that they're going to look at is your credit score. So if it's over 800, then that's considered to be exceptional. If your credit score is between 740 and 799, that's considered to be very good. 670 to 739 is good. 580 to 669 is fair. 
And if your credit score is below 580, then you have a poor rating. How do you find out what your FICO score is? Well, I have a credit card that I don't use very often, but frankly, the reason I keep it is because it updates my credit score. And it's not that I'm worried about my credit score going down, but what I am worried about, and listeners should be worried about, is if somebody steals your identity, well, the, one of the fastest ways it's going to show up is in your credit score because you're going to be opening all kinds of new accounts, spending money, not paying it off. You may not even be aware of it, but your credit score will tell you. So that's why I, I know exactly what my credit score is, and I get an alert from this credit company every time my credit score changes. So that's what a credit score or a FICO is. It's used to help a, a lender determine whether you are a creditworthy borrower. Higher score is better than lower. That's kind of the playing field for a credit score. Helps you qualify for better rates on things the higher your score is or qualify in the first place, not even just for, for good rates, for buying homes, cars, even you're at Best Buy and they're always asking you, do you want to get the Best Buy card today? And you know, those kinds of things, your credit score is going to impact a lot of those kinds of uh, situations that you get into. So it, would you agree it's pretty ubiquitous, David? I mean, it's, the credit score is going to pop up on you many times in your life. Most likely. And most times when it pops up, you don't even know it did. But the company you're asking to do something for you, that's where they're going to go. So it is ubiquitous. It is everywhere. And it's, it's just an easy thing for a lender, a credit card company, anybody else to just grab onto and say, how good of a risk is Walter? How good of a risk mm -hmm. is Dave? And do we want to make this particular extension of credit? Everything comes down to risk, doesn't it? In, well, in yeah. And if you're lending money, <laughs> believe me, it all comes down to risk. I uh, Not to get us off track, because I know we want to get into the actual five things that affect our credit score. We'll do that in just a few seconds. But uh, just to, to add on to this, I know there are companies that will run the credit score of potential hires just to see how their new hires might manage money or manage other aspects of your life and use the credit score as sort of a, I don't know, standardized test version maybe of seeing how someone has their personal life pulled together. It's kind of an interesting thing to think about. Exactly. And if you're in the financial business, credit union, bank, financial advisor, you would really want to know that the people that are working for you aren't desperate for additional money or don't have a history of of having financial troubles, because that might, I'm not saying it does, but it might increase their propensity to <laughs> do bad things with customer or client funds. So it, it's just one other component to help you build a picture of the person that you're thinking about dealing with. Uh, have you ever heard of anybody running a credit score on a on a date or a potential mate? <laughs> <laughs> that opens up a whole new can of worms, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I haven't, but I'll bet it's been done. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, among among many ways to do research on somebody, I'm sure that's been part of the uh, the uh, solution. Well, let's uh, let's end it with the hypotheticals and get to some facts here on the show. So let's run through them. The five things that affect your credit score. What should we uh, highlight first? Well, the first is, so there's actually a formula that FICO uses. So 35% of your FICO score is based on whether or not you pay on time. So it's not, you would think, well, they want to make sure that I'm paying off my debt fast. Nope. What they really care about is, do you ever miss payments? The best way to increase your credit score is to be reliable on repayments. Just 
never miss a payment. That's the biggest component of your credit score. Would that be like the minimum payment? Like if you get your credit card statement, it says minimum payment due by this date. So as long as you're making the minimum payment by that date, you're kind of hitting that metric. That is exactly right. And if you pay the minimum, the peop- the lenders are so happy. <laughs> <laughs> and and if you've listened to me for it's a not, while. It's not a good thing, you, right? <laughs> you know I am not happy because because these kinds of 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 loans typically are they carry pretty high interest rates and you don't want to just pay the minimum. But your FICO score benefits if you at least pay the minimum. If you miss a payment, it's going to ding you. So not great just financial strategy, but if we're talking about keeping up FICO scores, that checks that box a little bit. Exactly. All right. So consistency and on-timeness, good. Uh, What's another factor? So that was 35% of your score. Another 30% of your score. So now we're over over 50% of your score. So the second largest piece of it is how much you owe versus how much you have available to you. So for instance, what they really like to see is that you you don't use more than 30% of the amount of credit that is available to you. Let's say that you have three different credit cards and a home equity line of credit, and maybe that totals $50,000 of available credit. What they would most like to see is that you don't have any more than 15,000 or 30% of that 50,000 maximum that you don't have more than 15,000 of that drawn, owed at any one time. So it's important not only that you have credit, whether that's, you know, a, a credit line on a, on a credit card or on a home equity line of credit, but that you don't use too much of it. So one way you can increase your credit score is by getting an additional credit card that you don't use because it increases the amount of money you could go get if you're under significant stress. Okay, well, that makes a lot of sense, I think. So you know, like potential, stored uh, kinetic energy or stored kinetic <laughs> potential. Okay, I'm, 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 I thought I might be able to recall some sort of physics term to... Uh, it might be a reach, but that would yeah, be going over of, my head if it's talking physics. A bit, bit, bit of a reach. I don't know. I felt inspired to try and make my physics teacher proud back from high school, but I think I failed miserably. But that's all right. We try and fail, and we, <laughs> we, we move on, right, David? Uh, not, not scared of that on this show. All right, so two, two big factors. You said we're already above 50% of the score, and we still have three to go. Yeah, so, so that totals 65%. Now, another 15% is how long you've had these accounts open. So if you're just getting started and you've had these accounts open for three or six months, well, that's not quite as good as if you've had, you know, these couple of credit cards open for 10 years and you've got a really good history on those. Maybe you've got a mortgage you've been paying for three or four or five years and you haven't missed those payments. And you've got maybe a home equity line of credit, which gives you a bunch of additional credit access, but maybe you have a zero balance on that. But the longer that those things have been available to you, uh, that is the third component, 15% of your score. And uh, longer, having a longer credit history is better than a shorter credit history. That one's pretty easy to wrap your head around. And and this might be another reason you were mentioning that card that you kind of have, that you kind of keep, even though you never use it, um, it gives you your score, so it's just kind of got some usefulness there, some utility. Also, just being part of your history longer is helping you a little bit. Exactly. Okay. And so there's there's absolutely nothing wrong, unless you're paying a 95 or $150 fee for that credit card, 
open up a credit card and don't use it. But it's just extra, it's extra firepower that you could use in a time of extreme stress. But you know, you don't even have to have a balance on it, maybe ever. You just need to have you have plenty of of extra firepower in your in your um, availability of credit. Using your credit card as an emergency fund is something you want people to get away from, right? Exactly. All that says is you didn't have an emergency fund. <laughs> right. Or not, uh, not enough of not, one. Not a big enough one. <laughs> right. And, that, right. you know, that can be okay, too. Everybody hits bumps in the road. But what you don't want to do is is have big credit card balances outstanding because the credit card companies love that. Trillion dollars of of credit card debt in America today. And a bunch of that is at rates over 15%. So that's how banks make a ton of money and you don't want to be that person. But having that line of credit is super important to your FICO score. And frankly, as far as your financial well-being, it's all about you and not about the bank that's extending you credit. Great points across the board so far, David. All right, very good. And we are on to number four factors that affect your credit score. Yeah, so the last two are are 10% of your credit score. So the fourth one here, which is worth 10% in their scoring mechanism, is if you open too many new accounts in a short period of time. And that just makes the lender scratch their head and go, hmm, I wonder if there's something going on here that we don't know about. Or maybe somebody has stolen this person's identity and they're just opening up three or four or five new accounts and getting ready to make a big ripoff. So too many accounts in a short period of time is a is a red flag, and that negatively affects 10% of your score. Easy one to follow on that front. So just kind of be aware of that. Maybe uh, if you are going to be making a bigger purchase in the future, be careful how many accounts you're, you're opening up as it might be hurting yourself a little bit. Exactly. Okay. And, and the, the fifth one is going to be equally as, well, this one may not be quite as intuitive. All of these have been, I think, when you look back on them, they're all pretty intuitive as to what a lender who's going to lend you money would want to know about you. you. You can say, I understand why they want to know this. Exactly. And so the last one is just the final 10%, but it is, it helps them understand where you can, whether you can manage a variety or a mix of credit types. So if all you have is a credit card, and you pay it off, and you've never missed a payment, that's good. But if you have a credit card, and you have um, maybe a car loan, and a mortgage, all of a sudden you have three very different types of credit for that you got for different reasons, and you've demonstrated an ability to manage all of them. You're juggling three balls from a credit standpoint, and you've managed them uh, well then that helps you with that final 10% of your credit score. So those are the five things. Um, anything else really doesn't matter to the lender who's getting ready to extend you credit. It's those five things that go into making up your credit score or your FICO score. That is very cool, and I feel like I learned a lot on the show today, David, so far. I did not know. One, I didn't know the five things that affected the credit score. Um, I kind of had an idea of some of them, but didn't really know that there was kind of an official five. And two, I had no idea on the percentages, like that formula. I didn't know that was known or public. I figured it was just some mystery that you know we'd, we'd never know. Um, but that's pretty cool to know. Um, are there things that you might think affect your score, but actually don't? Are there some misnomers out there from folks? Yeah, I can think of a couple. Uh, for instance, your age has nothing to do with your FICO score. 
your employment status doesn't have anything to do with your FICO score. Maybe you're unemployed, but you've got a big wad of cash sitting in a bank because you are a super good saver. Uh, and you're able to keep current on all of your debts. So having a job doesn't affect your credit score. Checking your credit score does not affect your credit score. And I hear that a lot from people. Well, I can't check my credit score too often because that'll affect it. No, if you have if you have a lot of credit card companies and automobile companies checking your credit score, that's a red flag. But you checking it, nope, uh, nobody, they don't care about that. And then your income actually doesn't work into that either. Uh, it's your, uh, your income doesn't, is not a component of your FICO score. It's your, just your ability to service the debt, to pay the debts that you have on time. It's a great mix of factors, and you can see why uh, from the Dave, reasons David detailed for us today, um, why this is the case. So pretty cool information. I hope somebody learned some interesting facts like I did on today's show. If it leads you to wanting to know more or you have additional questions, maybe about a different topic like planning for retirement or investments and saving strategies, those are the kinds of things that David covers with clients each and every day during the complete planning review process. So if you'd like to go through your own CPR process, and uh, make sure that you are well prepared for your financial future, uh, including retirement and beyond. You can get in touch a couple of different ways. One, just reach out via phone, 913-317-1414. That's 913-317-1414. Or coveryourassetskc.com is the website. That's coveryourassetskc.com. Not only can you get in touch through the website, but that's where you can also find the show notes of today's program, where we will have these five score elements, these five ways that uh, your credit score is affected, we'll have those listed out so you can review that after listening to the show today and kind of remind yourself. Or if you want to share this with somebody like David mentioned, send them the website link so they can see it in writing and also listen to the program to get some extra flavor. But uh, great episode today, David. I appreciated uh, you sharing this knowledge with us. I learned something today and that always makes it a good day, I think. That makes me happy, Walter, right there. <laughs> All right. That's the mission, right? <laughs> Try and just uh, educate, exactly. inform, and have a little fun along the way the show so love it have a great rest of your week david thanks for joining us here on the program hope everybody else do well and uh, have a great time we'll see you next edition of the cover your assets kc podcast david any idea what's coming up on the uh, next show well i just had a a really interesting and and uh, unfortunate meeting with a widow Mm. and beneficiary designations were not right and so it's just something we take for granted in this business all the time but you see Things goofed up, and once somebody's dead, they're not fixing the beneficiary designation. So I, um, I'm working on a topic. I think it's going to be something like four beneficiary mistakes you don't want to make. And so hopefully that sounds interesting to people, and I'll look forward to discussing that next week. Good news. If we handle these things on the front end, there's some great solutions, and, um, and, and it's not too complicated to figure out. But, man, yeah, huge consequences for not handling it appropriately. So... We need to bring it back to basics sometimes, and we'll do that on the next episode as we dive into beneficiary mistakes. So we have that to look forward to and more. So come back and join us again on the Cover Your Assets KC Podcast. Investment advisory services offered through ChangePath LLC, a registered investment advisor. ChangePath LLC and KC Financial Advisors are separate companies.